Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Well, it's the final Pledge Drive special edition of Access Utah for this drive, and my special guests for this hour are uh, some of the great people who have served as student interns and producers of Access Utah. And so this hour we'll be talking with Danny Hayes, Addison Pace, Katie Swain, Bennett Purser, Amy Kobabe, and Connor Rivers. We'll reach into the archives for parts of some of our most memorable episodes. We're going to hear from some of our listeners as they express their love for books and libraries. We will revisit discussions about lifting the ban on gay Boy Scouts and about sex positivity. And we'll hear some music from our program on the history of the banjo. And we'll invite you to pledge your support to UPR to ensure that Access Utah continues strong on this, the last day of UPR's uh, spring pledge drive. And so let's immediately give the number 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, with the usual disclaimer that if you are listening in the evening, uh, it's better to go to the website, upr.org, upr.org. Since we repeat the program, we have this kind of this time-shifting thing that we have to take care of, 800-826-1495. We welcome in um, Danny Hayes. Good to be here, Tom. And uh, you hear Danny Hayes on the air just about every I'm day. I'm still here, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so you left, but then you came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I graduated um, college or, um, here at Utah State in 2013. I wor- worked in Salt Lake for a number of years, and then I came back, and now I'm the assistant news director and web editor for UPR, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And uh, we do have with us uh, in studio here, and uh, we're going to bring your teammate on. We, we tend to have these uh, these uh, producing pairs in teams, so we're going to bring them on in, in teams. Um, so Katie Swain, who also left and came back. That's right. I was a student, graduated in 2015. I started as a student intern and then... Um, produced Access Utah during that time for a while. I was a weekend host, and now I'm full-time on the development team here at yeah. Utah Public Radio. So just a couple more, and uh, we can take the station over with, sure with Access Utah interns. And we have with us on the phone uh, Addison Pace, who uh, worked with uh, with Danny. Um, Addison, welcome to the program. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning. It's great to hear your voice. I haven't talked for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been oh, quite a while. Yeah, Addison, <laughs> goes, goes so good to hear from you. <laughs> it's great to hear from you. So You guys uh, are ready for me to come back. Uh, uh, hey, we'd love it. Love we that. would love it, yeah. So, Addison, what are you up to these days? I work in housing, so I work in apartments down in Salt Lake. I work in West Jordan, um, and I'm a, a community manager for an apartment complex down here. Okay, all right, great. Um, so I want to ask, um, uh, maybe I'll start with Addison with this. What, uh, what do you think you learned in your a- Access Utah internship? I'm always a little nervous in case, uh, you know, one of you says I earned, I learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> it was a totally negative experience, but I'm, I'm hoping you won't say that. Well, Tom, you know what? I learned nothing. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I learned quite a bit actually. And the things I still use in my work now, um, there's a lot of things that you learn with just interacting with people and confidence and, Though I'm not working in radio or media currently, I still use all the things that I learned. Uh, there's just so many things that I miss, and I was just kind of thinking back on it, getting ready for today. And uh, yeah, it's been a very long process of just kind of thinking through it all and just kind of saying, wow, I miss everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Danny, what do you think? Oh, that is a good question. I would say, especially with uh, what my job is right now, is l- knowing a little bit about everything, kind of know what's going on. Because I remember some of my favorite times were when Tom and Addison and I would sit down once a week and talk about what 
we should put on the program. And I know you still do that with your current interns, Tom, but those were some of the best times because we put our three brains together and we'd come up with these programs that were very well-rounded. We had guests that... Because, you know, we could get guests that were on other uh, other radio shows, other TV shows to talk about the same thing. But we would get guests that weren't that have something to say, but weren't um, broadcasted yet. Those were some of my favorite parts is bringing people that had something to say and we had the public hadn't heard from them before. And that's what we did. We came together, our three brains, to create great programming. Our three brains. That sounds like a nice uh, TV episode. <laughs> that could be our podcast. Uh, that could be our podcast. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, so I, I especially enjoyed my time with uh, Addison and Danny uh, because it, it was a natural political split. And so they're yeah, interesting. Uh, so Danny, uh, you kind of more conservative, and Addison a little more liberal. And uh, so we didn't have to do devil's advocate. We we mm-hmm. had genuine differences of uh, of opinion. Mm-hmm. It was natural, and it just the conversation was great. And remember, we did do a program, and Addison, you remember this too. Um, we talked about the political divide and how we can come together. Yeah, you remember that one, Addison? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little foggy. It's been a right. little bit, but yeah, I right. believe I remember that exact program. But yeah. it just it was a natural thing for us to talk about. I remember I got. Um, people talking about afterwards how much they appreciated that, that it was just nice to have a group of people come together, be different, but then also find uh, similarities and, uh, and respect each other's opinion. Yeah. And uh, Addison, I don't know, um, you, you had a couple of uh, Twitter feuds going on. I don't know how, how much you want to reveal about that. Uh, <laughs> and, and so well, some, some I don't know. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I don't care as much. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> uh, there were certain guests that I usually had Danny call. Um, yeah. <laughs> because you were uh, you were active, right? You were active in the participating in the discussion, so that brought some energy to the show. Yes. Yeah, and there's a lot of there was a few of the guests that uh, sometimes I'm not sure if they just didn't want me to schedule them. Um, <laughs> but, right. So usually I wouldn't be able to get them to get back to me, but Danny usually would call them, and she could get them and. Yeah, it was a it, it was really nice and really awesome to being able to to talk to people whether or not I agreed with them, but to be able to kind of have that influence in my life because it's if, if I close everything off and I don't listen to anybody else, I'm just going to kind of stay exactly where I'm at, and that's not exactly what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You know, Addison, yeah. I remember you. Um, I was surprised when you said that you listened to Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck. I'm like, that is so awesome. Like he's listening to other radio programs that he doesn't necessarily agree with, but bringing those things that he learned to Access Utah. I yeah. really appreciated that about Addison. I listened to it, not saying I enjoyed it, yeah. but I yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but that's important, and, and I think all, all of my interns could, could, could say that's, uh, that's something I preach a lot, is, is you know, listen to other viewpoints. And there's there's good in all all viewpoints and and probably bad in all viewpoints as well. Um, so uh, n- next question, I want to get a lead into an, a favorite episode that uh, Danny mentioned. Um, so I'll start with Addison again. Uh, w- we think it's a great program. If you're listening right now, you probably think it's a good program. Why should listeners support this programming, Addison? Well, I'll tell you, Tom, you have a unique way of providing space for people that allows them to talk and to speak exactly what's on their minds. Um, and it's that's the important thing with the host, but then you also have your interns and everybody else that provides like sustenance, sustenance for this program that allows everybody to kind of have that and like the conversations we talked about, making sure that we uh, <clears throat> provided the different ideas and provided the different voices. And it, I always found that when I left uh, one of the programs every single day when we did Access Utah, 
always found I learned something whether I thought I knew everything about the subject or not. Uh, and I, like for instance, one of my, some of my favorite programs were on public lands that I didn't have a lot of information on originally, and then now it's one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, Denny, you're... I agree with Addison. Um, it was t- being the Tom's intern, being his producer, is is a great gig. So wh- whoever gets it is so lucky because whoever we in, um, set for you to come on the show, you would just have a way to interview them. Um, like Addison said, to have just um, bring up, bring up um, issues and things that we didn't think of, and you would let them talk. That's what, my, what I love about you the most, and your interviewing skills is that you would just let them talk. You would let them lead the program. Um, and then we would learn some stuff that we didn't have planned. And probably for yourself, you were surprised about some of the stuff that our guest said. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just you have to listen, right? Mm-hmm. You have to listen. Uh, so, Danny, uh, most memorable episode or moment or experience from your time? Well, I do love um, my last episode comes to mind. I remember that time in my life. I was so happy. I was graduating. I was on cloud nine. I felt great with my academic success and the, the last episode was about um, that I produced was about when the Boy Scouts of America um, it was a, a when the the debate with uh, who if to let gay leaders um, lead in the Boy Scouts of America and we brought this um, whole community together and it was just so great to see these people come together talk about that issue and see it come to life on my one of my last weeks here at Utah State and I have uh, a little uh, excerpt uh, prepared from that program uh, Addison. Uh, memorable episode or experience from your time? You know, I'm going to take it in a. Sl- oh, sorry. <laughs> Go I'm going to take it in a slightly different uh, way. I I remember we did a music program, and I can't remember what the topic was exactly. I, but I remember you were playing a portion of uh, Shahrazad, and it was a violin solo. And I remember I was at the soundboard, and I was sitting there watching the levels, and I was completely taken aback. Uh, with a portion of it, and then to hear you go through after and talk about it, I remember I kind of teared up a little bit and kind of looked over at you and like that was beautiful. And then to have, share exactly what was happening in that moment in the song and what was going on, and that was such a moment for me, and I was surprised me. It wasn't something that I had expected. Yeah, I, I hadn't remembered that, but that's that's wonderful, Addison. And that that brings to mind that that's a great visual gauge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll sometimes look through the glass at my producer, and uh, if he or she is engaged, and Spencer's engaged right now, um, you you can tell, you know, uh, maybe I'm losing them, or uh, hey, they're really engaged, you know. If you can engage college students, yeah. then you're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, let's let's uh, give the number eight hundred eight two six one four nine five, and I guess the subliminal message, which we'll bring forward to the front of the brain, is your uh, support for Utah Public Radio uh, supports great programming, but it also supports experiences, great uh, learning experiences for wonderful student interns. That's definitely true. I loved my time here at UPR. I came back because I loved it so much, and I think Access Utah is a great addition to Utah Public Radio. So, yeah, if you make it a uh, in your part of your daily routine, give us a call, 800-826-1495, to support Tom's program, Access Utah, and Utah Public Radio. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. We're counting down. We started the day $8,000 away from our goal for the drive. This is the last day of the drive. So when we hit zero, drive's over. Um, and uh, Katie Swain is, is with us. That's right. Um, we've been tracking it all through this morning. It's been a really, really great morning. Um, we're just 
barely shy of 40000 right now. Um, so we're still counting down from about $5,000. We've had a couple of really great calls just in this first little bit of Access Utah. Thank you to the donors in Logan and in St. George who called in and made their pledge. Um, if I can just read this pledge, this is from a St. George donor. She writes, this is her first pledge. She enjoys information from UPR. She's a USU graduate, and she listens while driving. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Your support, easy process, 800-826-1495. Won't you uh, join your support with many others uh, on this last day of the drive, 800-826-1495. I'd especially love to see support for Access Utah, or you can go to upr.org. Well, Addison, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, originally, I had conceived of this program as we bring each team in and then say goodbye, but I, it might be nice to, <laughs> if you have time to come back in the next break as well. I'm not sure what your schedule is, Addison. Uh, yeah, I actually took the day off today. So oh, I you, you did? Stay. Okay, great. Well, well, we'll call you again when we get to the next uh, break. So, And then we're going to welcome in in the next break uh, Bennett Purser. So it's great. It'll be great to have be him good. in the studio. And we'll hear later in the program from um, the next most recent team, uh, Connor Rivers and uh, Amy Kobabe. Uh, Krista Rivers, we weren't able. Krista Black, we weren't able to reach her. She's in Wales right now, so mm-hmm. lucky her. Anyway, let's uh, take a break right now. When we come back, we'll continue talking with some of our great uh, former uh, student interns. And we're um, well. No, let's hear this segment first, and then we'll take a break. Um, so this was your, Danny. This was your last. Episode yes, that you produced. This is my last one. It is dear to my heart, so I'm just excited to hear it again. So this was uh, 2013, February of 2013, and uh, the Boy Scouts announced that they were looking at lifting the ban on admitting um, gay young people to to the Boy Scout program, uh, which they eventually did. Um, but this was in prospect of that, and so we talked with uh, a scouter, Robert Starling, uh, who had the view that they should keep the status quo. We uh, talked with a uh, mother of two Eagle Scouts, Dory Burt, and uh, I believe Danny or Addison or somebody, I don't think it was me, uh, found uh, a USU student, Kelton Wells. Who mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I went to school with him, and he okay. was just the perfect person to come and talk about it. And so you, you found Kelton. So you'll hear all three voices here in this uh, segment. Uh, let's hear this next. Let's turn to uh, Kelton Wells, Eagle Scout, uh, current USU student. What's your position on this? You know, for me, this really comes down to being an, a discriminatory issue for me. Um, I really feel like the things that I learned as a scout, uh, this ban on gay members, those, that's not the, those aren't the values that I felt I learned as a scout. And so, you know, it's an issue that when I received my Eagle Scout, um, I would have told you differently, quite honestly. I would have said, oh, it's probably okay, but I hadn't experienced my sophomore year of college uh, having two really close friends uh, come out as gay. And it really brought the issue to more of a personal level to me and made me realize that uh, being gay didn't make them different people. And they were just as deserving of everything that I was deserving of. And so really that is, that's the core issue for me, is that we are holding an opportunity from gay youth in America that helped shape, shape me into the man that I am. And I just really don't see that as a fair thing for 
youth who would want to be involved in the scouting organization because it's an amazing organization that builds that builds good, honest people. Hmm. We're talking about admission of uh, gay leaders and gay scouts into the Boy Scouts of America. You have an opportunity to weigh in on this issue, and we're throwing out questions to you. Would allowing participation of gay scouts and leaders enhance or harm the scouting experience? Uh, and uh, what would you comment? Uh, yes, go ahead. Um, the, you know, the question comes in my mind. Uh, that, um, Dory, you know, quoted from the handbook that uh, to to be morally straight was to respect and and uh, defend the rights of all people. And I guess the question is, what is a right at this point? You know, I, when I was uh, in college, like uh, like Carlton, and uh, I went to Georgia Tech for a couple of years, and they had an organization there called the Baptist Student Union. And uh, as a non-Baptist, you know, I might have wanted to join that because maybe they had some cool parties or great activities, or maybe I thought they, uh, as Colin said, you know, uh, made better citizens or whatever. Uh, but if you know, even though their group their group espoused beliefs different from my own, because I wasn't a Baptist. But if I if I tried to go into that club and say, okay, I want to be a member of your of your club, um, but but I don't believe what you believe. And uh, the question is, do I have a right to do that, or do they have a right to set their own standards for who becomes a member of the church? So I think it's been uh, the, the, the policy of the scouts has been mischaracterized as not respecting or defending the rights of all people. The, the, the legitimate rights of an individual, um, I, don't, I don't think they include the, you know, to bully your way into someone else's organization. Dory Burt, uh, response. Um, sure. Well, I don't think I don't think anyone's really trying to bully their way into an organization. I think I've been at least very impressed with kind of the orderly way that that this has happened, collecting of signatures and debate. But as far as I, I'll I'll approach this from my Mormon perspective, if you have uh, the Boy Scouts of America is the activity arm of the Mormon church. It's not, you don't get to choose. That's, that's what it is. And so if you have a uh, boy in your congregation, in my congregation, who is gay, yeah, his rights are being denied because every single other 12-year-old boy, 13-year-old boy is in the activity arm of his church, but he can't be. And so that is, that's just unfair, and it's, uh, it's wrong to me. So that's a portion of a program from February of 2013, um, and an example of uh, current issues, important issues that we uh, treat to try to, to try to uh, treat in a balanced way. And uh, I'm uh, helped um, very much in that process by my wonderful student interns. We have several of our former student interns with us on the program today, and we'll bring in uh, Bennett Purser and uh, Katie Swain. Um, and add them to our conversation with Addison Pace and Danny Hayes. Uh, later in the program, uh, Connor Rivers and Amy Kobabe, familiar voices probably to you, and um, we'll talk with them about uh, what public radio does and why you should support it. Right now, uh, I guess, uh, Katie, the, the, the most urgent thing is we're counting down the money and we're making progress, so 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495 is the number. 
or go online to upr.org. Of course, if this is the rebroadcast, then you'll want to go to upr.org where you can make your donation day or night. We sure appreciate your support on our last day of the pledge drive. And we're, we started the day needing 8000 We're down to 5000 That's right. So it's been a really great Good progress. So, But not there yet, right? So 800-826-1495. Let's go to break. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll turn to uh, Katie Swain and uh, Bennett Purser, and we'll continue talking with uh, Addison Pace and uh, Danny Hayes. We do have a segment from another memorable program uh, that uh, Katie and Bennett uh, produced. Uh, sex positivity. We'll talk about it and hear an excerpt from it following this break. When farmers begin planting crops for the season, they must pay for necessary supplies such as seeds, fertilizers, equipment, and labor. Community Supported Agriculture, or a CSA, is a partnership between a farm and people in the community. CSA members buy shares the beginning of the growing season to help cover farmers' costs and then regularly receive fresh produce once harvesting begins. Researchers in USU's Department of Applied Economics examined behavioral changes among people who participate in CSAs. They discovered that more than 92% of participants reported that their overall nutrition improved during these programs, demonstrating that CSAs can improve people's diets while boosting local economies. Support for Ag Matters on Utah Public Radio is provided in part by our members and by the College of Agriculture and Applied Sciences at Utah State University, offering more than 70 degrees with courses available at USU campuses throughout the state and online. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Logan Regional Hospital Women and Newborn Center, offering childbirth education, labor and delivery services, and postpartum care. Details on these and other services at loganregional.org. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and uh, my guests for the hour today are some of my great former uh, student interns. We've had some great people come through here and help to produce the program. Um, some other programs have a uh, you know full-time staff. And I like to say we put this program together with great student interns and uh, spit and bailing wire. That's what we and duct tape. But uh, we put out a good product. Um, I I think you'd agree. <laughs> so if you do, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. This provides a great experience, we think, for, uh, for our students, and we've had some great experiences. Um, so we have with us Addison Pace. Addison, you still with us? Yes, I'm here. I dropped out there for a second, okay, but I'm back. Okay, great. Uh, Addison's joining us from Salt Lake City. Uh, Danny Hayes, uh, who's joining us, and she's back on staff as assistant uh, news director. I'm back, and I'm so happy. And uh, Katie Swain um, left for a little bit and uh, came back now as our development director. That's right. Love to be back as well. Yeah. And we welcome back uh, Bennett Purser. So great to have you uh, back and in studio. Thank you. It's great to be back. So uh, tell our listeners what you're up to these days. Right now, I'm currently the intern for Morning Edition at NPR West in Los Angeles. So, so not an NPR affiliate. This is NPR. This is NPR NPR. Yes, this is National Public Radio. I got my start here at Utah Public Radio, and it took me all the way to L.A., and yeah. I'm having a great time out there. Great, great. Well, that, that's wonderful. And that's a, not only feather in your cap, feather in our cap, too, right? You know, oh, absolutely. UPR intern now, to, now at NPR. Well, I think that that's a testament to the intern program here at Utah Public Radio and how much we're able to learn and how much um, experience we gain by spending time up here. Yeah. 
so let's uh, let's jump right into this. Uh, well, let's hear the segment, and then let's talk a little bit. Um, so we did a couple of programs. I'm not sure whether, uh, Bennett, Katie, you were here for those. Uh, kind of uh, stemming from my discomfort with going online to, to Sports Illustrated and uh, I remember those very well. I think I, Bennett I, and I were with you. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see the scores, and I'm, I'm, in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the, the swimsuit edition and stuff like that. And then we had the Carl's Jr. ads, and mm-hmm. we did a program or two with um, some people here in Utah. We're doing a campaign where they would put post-it notes on the sports. Oh, Illustrated I, I kind did of those thing. too. Yeah. Did you do yeah, those? Beauty, okay, beauty yeah. Beauty redefined. Beauty they, redefined. That's yeah, they right. didn't like the Sports Illustrated magazine, and yeah. so they would make these post-it notes saying "more than a body." Yeah, and we, and we talked to these two sisters that right. put that together. Right, and so this 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 topic evolved with the help of of you guys, of interns. Um, so I don't know, uh, Katie or Bennett, you want to tell me what the what the discussion I I presented? We had our meeting. I said, I want to do another program. And then, I, uh, Bennett, what did you say? Well, I remember we had some, like, differing uh, opinions about this topic. Like, in the newsroom, there was a lot of ways to, um, like, a lot of angles to take on this story. And we kind of just settled on, like, how kind of pervasive sex is in our daily lives through things like media and advertising. And the ball just started rolling from that. We got... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we took over um, a few days to gather like some different viewpoints of the way that that the way that sex is displayed in our daily lives, right? Yeah, and Katie, I remember, oh, I don't know, excess in excess of hours long, you know, hour more than an hour discussion over several days. The three of us discussing this. Uh, you know, I remember that as well. We we'd have our like weekly meetings where we talk about our programs for the next coming week, and then when we were discussing this, we had some differing opinions. Sort of, Tom was saying, you know, here's what I'm seeing, and I really don't appreciate this. And I think Benedict kind of came in and said, well, that's true, and that's you know that's that's fair, but let's also talk about the aspect of sex positivity and. Um, you know, people who are reclaiming some of these images and ideals. And it became a discussion that we continued for several days, I think. And Bennett and I just kept talking about it. And we decided, you know, we had to do a show about it because it had gotten us so engaged that we assumed that um, it was something that others might want to talk about as well. Yeah. I remember just uh, diverging slightly. Some of the best topics. I think all the best topics for this program are things that grow organically out of discussions. I mean, if it's important, to, if it's water cooler stuff, if people are really discussing it, then probably we want to put it on the radio. Um, one example, and I can't remember who was with me at that time. We were sitting right in this studio, had the door open, we're having a meeting, and uh, we got talking about um, vegetarianism. Um, and uh, Okay, let's do a program on vegetarians and vegetarianism. And, okay, can we find a vegetarian who will want to come on and talk with us? And uh, our folk producer, Blair Larson, happened to be walking past. She was going to do a, a program. She her- overheard the discussion and said, I'm a vegetarian, and I'd be willing to come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes it happens that way. Uh, so, anyway, let's, uh, let's, hear, uh, let, let's maybe get a round of uh, why we should support this great programming. Addison, you want to give it another shot? Yeah, sure, of course. And I'll tell you what, I actually just myself went in and put my own donation. Oh, thank you. Um, because, thanks, yes. Sorry, what? Just thanks. 
Oh, no problem. Because <laughs> I do think this is incredibly important because it's, like I mentioned before, and as Danny has mentioned, it provides a voice to people that maybe you wouldn't always hear from, and it provides access to people all throughout Utah, and I believe into Idaho and into Arizona as well. And it is something that I think um, it allows you guys to touch on subjects and to be able to share um, such a broad range of things. And honestly, myself, I cannot tell you, I remember so many memories. I think I was actually in the room with you when we talked with Blair about being a vegetarian. Okay, yeah. And I love and miss her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's, um, still, she's still around. I don't remember yeah. it. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I totally miss her a lot because I remember doing Fresh Folk with her, and that was always a strong pleasure. Yeah, uh, she's still she's teaching on campus and um, and uh, still around. We do we see her as a great great person. We have great people supporting us. Uh, so so Bennett, what um, what would you say to listeners? Would is the program worth supporting, and uh, why should you support it? Oh, absolutely. I think that everyone here at UPR works so hard, and the Access Utah team they're working day in and day out to give you a great program every morning, and the like knowledge and the skills that interns pick up when working on Access Utah are just so invaluable. And that really falls into like the Utah Public Radio umbrella, and that's why it's important to support us and for us to be able to broadcast NPR programs and just keep, you know, keep our listeners learning and keep our interns learning. And it's, it's very valuable and important. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I just enjoy it. Uh, I tell people all the time one of the great perks of my job is associating with, with young people. It's, uh, it's just, just a wonderful thing. Different perspective. Yeah, know. with the next generation. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, things, I would not have seen things in this way but for you guys. So this, this uh, program is a great example. Um, Absolutely. It, we, we framed it in a different way because of, uh, of, of you guys, especially in this case, uh, Bennett and, and Katie. Uh, so let's hear this. So I, I opened the, p- the selection I made was the return after the first break. And so you'll hear me resetting up the subject, um, trying to frame it. And then you'll hear from our guests, which included uh, USU Assistant Professor of Journalism and Communication, Candy Carter Olson, and Emily Pryor, Executive Director of the Center for Positive Sexuality. We're responding to uh, images on Sports Illustrated, Carl's Jr., uh, many images that we see, um, and, and are these damaging images, especially uh, to women? How should the, we push back if we feel they're uh, damaging? Uh, what about uh, female empowerment and sexualized images? Can those two uh, coexist? We're talking about a full range of issues here through the lens of feminism, of religion, of uh, sex positivity. I'd like to take it back to... Uh, some of these images in U.S. media and eventually contrast this to European media and culture. Uh, so back to uh, Carl's Jr. Uh, sometimes I've watched these Carl's Jr. ads uh, with a friend who, who says, what are they selling? Are they selling sex or are they selling hamburgers? And I tell my friend, yes. Yes, that's exactly what they're, Good you know. Uh, and I'm a bit uncomfortable watching watching those. Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't. And they're, they're demographic, young men, generally. That's who they're trying to get to. And, and back to the experience I had, which uh, precipitated the conversation, uh, Sports Illustrated. I'm just wanting to read the, about the uh, English Premier League soccer. And uh, up comes these images, which ke- seem to get, you know, closer and closer to nudity every year. That's, you know, maybe just me, me to Tom the Prude here talking. But uh, uh, so starting with uh, Emily Pryor is um, 
I don't know how do how do we there's a full range of opinion on this and as evidenced by you know beauty redefined uh, trying to to get this to stop and others pushing back saying hey this is we ought to maybe even have more of this we ought to be more free about our bodies in in the media how do we navigate that there's 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 a lot of disagreement on on this yeah, I, you know, on the one hand, uh, I fully agree with you. I'm not comfortable with with those particular those specific ads. Um, I do think that they're very objectifying, uh, and I think, as you were saying, you know, we certainly objectify men and women in a lot of advertising now. Um, it, it's so difficult because really, this is something that has to be worked at from so many different levels. You know, we have to do this in our homes with our children and educate them and talk with them and, and, and give them, you know, real information around sex and sexuality. Uh, we also need, you know, government policies that allow for the understanding that we're people and, and things of this nature, um, you know, some sense of equality among the sexes. And, and the media is such a hard thing to get at, I think. Um, do we stop all images that depict someone's body or that we depict sexuality at all? I think that that seems extreme and not sex positive. Um, on the other hand, I think it can be a very difficult space to, you know, put a committee together that gets to decide what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. We get into some really scary areas there when that starts to happen. And of course, there's a, there is a freedom of speech issue here that we have to consider. So, I, I think it's very difficult. I don't think it's an easy answer. It's certainly not an easy fix. Mm. Candy Carter Olson, what do you what do you think? No, and I agree. I I fall on the prude side of those particular images too, but primarily because they're very unrealistic. They they aren't presenting the female body. Um, as it actually is, because they're so highly altered. Um, so how do we frame media? How do we approach it? I think, again, this is where the body positivity movement, I think, like comes and collides with this conversation, where a lot of women are coming in. And so, okay, it's marketing. Drives me crazy. Yes, they're trying to sell something. But Lane Bryant just came out with um, this campaign where they are selling underwear, but um, they're asking people to send in selfies of themselves as they actually are real bodies. So we're starting to see more of these, um, these campaigns of women saying, hey, this is my body. This is what I actually look like. There was a, um, a photogra- an online photography exhibition that um, came out, I think it was four or five years ago. I can't remember. Um, but it was just women who took pictures of their stomachs and said, this is what my stomach actually looks like with stretch marks. And um, I had kids, so I have C-section marks and I had surgery and I have a, a bag for filtering my body fluids constantly attached to me. It was hundreds of just stomachs and um, what they actually look like rather than, you know, pretty Photoshop um, out 
And I think that's what's going to be the pushback there is this look at, okay, what do people actually look like? Let's get back to real bodies, real Mm. images. So there is just a portion uh, of our uh, program on sex positivity uh, produced by uh, Katie Swain and Bennett Purser. And uh, good, uh, good program there, good discussion. Um, I want to, before we go to break, I want to turn back to Addison. I think, Addison, you're still there for us? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Um, Addison joins us from, uh, from Salt Lake Addison Pace. Uh, as I was listening to that, I was uh, remembering, of course, the, uh, the, the great importance of uh, trying to get a lot of different viewpoints in, trying to have a civil discussion, um, trying to learn instead of you know just the yelling that you get to some other places. And I don't know you uh, you were pretty plugged in here, and you were you were as important to you to listen to all sides. Do you still do that, Addison? Yes, yes, I do do that. Um, and Utah and Access Utah in particular is always a good place for me to go for that. I'm always trying to listen to different podcasts, different radio stations. Um, but I do always, and it's it was always a somewhat of a struggle for me sometimes to <laughs> make sure that I was um, impartial in my job, but also passionate in what I cared about. Yeah, and I, I think the important thing is, that, you know, trying to expose yourself to different points of view. You know, you're going to have a point of view, but uh, trying to learn what, what the other side thinks and feels as well. Yes, definitely. Um, and there's even people that we would have on the program who I necessarily didn't always enjoy personally, um, but even even then, when I would listen to them on the program and they would be talking, I would still learn something from what they were saying, and it would help me to understand why somebody would maybe have a different viewpoint from me. Let's um, see. And, and yeah. though I may still not agree with it, I would still have something that I got from it. Well, let's uh, go to another break. When we come back, we will uh, keep all, all of these great people with us, and we'll add um, Connor Rivers and Amy Kobe. We recorded a conversation with them. Uh, Amy's on the air during this uh, time, so we we had to record with them. Um, But the number, once again, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or go to upr.org. Katie Swain, I'm not sure if we have any updates, but uh, we are, in general, we're counting down. We started the day at $8,000 needed for for the drive. The drive ends today, so we need that today. That's right. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I've got a comment here from a donor who just called in. Keep up the good work. Love the morning shows. I listen often. Thank you to that donor in Logan. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Appreciate it. 800-826-1495 or upr.org. More following this break. Composer Natalie Joachim is always in demand, juggling multiple projects. So if something's not on her calendar, chances are it's not going to happen. You probably don't want to look at my calendar. I just schedule every moment of my life, basically. Natalie Joachim on Chasing Dreams and Scheduling Downtime on the next Performance Today from APM. Join us tonight at 9 on Utah Public Radio. Hi, I'm Steve Williams, host of Jazz Time here on Utah Public Radio. I hope you'll join me Sunday evenings for a journey through the world of jazz music, from ragtime to bop, from Havana to Logan, Utah. Tune in for a bit of history, commentary, the occasional interview, and of course, all that jazz. Jazz Time, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock on Utah Public Radio.
Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and I'm joined in studio by uh, Danny Hayes, Katie Swain, and Bennett Purser, all uh, former student interns here with the program. On the phone with us from Salt Lake City is Addison Pace, and we're enjoying uh, enjoying a conversation. We're enjoying some uh, favorite episodes as well. And uh, coming up, we'll hear just a little bit of music from a program uh, that we did on history of the banjo. That was kind of music programs are kind of fun. Uh, Katie, what are some of your favorite programs that you? Uh, well, speaking of music programs, I think my favorite music program that we did while Bennett and I were there was one on mariachi music. That was fun. That was, yeah. you know, the music programs are a lot of fun. We we worked really hard to have a lot of political programs or a lot of programs with. Um, you know, kind of big discussions happening on state levels or national levels. But every once in a while when we do a fun program, I loved that, like the mariachi program. Um, but I also love doing all of the legislative programs. Some of my favorite memories were when Bennett and I would be trying to get a hold of some of these legislators, and we'd even resort every once in a while to trying and, like, texting them. Mm. And sometimes that worked, and it was really fun as producers, I think, to finally get those responses and to know that we'd put together these programs that had different points of view and were going to be a good discussion. Yeah. That brings a favorite memory to mind. Bennett, you, you maybe know where I'm going. So a legislative program. And uh, we had a, a legislator who was who wouldn't commit. And I think it was in the evening. I think you texted her and said, uh, in a very polite way, very tactful, the way you are, are you in or out? And <laughs> we finally got a commitment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to get a hold of this legislator. And um, finally, at 8 o'clock at night, I just said, we're going live at 9 a.m. tomorrow. We'd love to have you. Please right. let me know if it's going to work out or if it will not. And at that hour, she said that she would be happy to join us. And it worked out. Yeah. Pretty great. But I loved the thrill of the legislative session. It was, you know, the weekly shows about what was happening on the Hill. And they were always exciting, always different. A lot of different voices in those shows, too. So, yeah, good times. Addison, do you have any memories of, you know, maybe where things went wrong? Or uh, those are some good stories, uh, you know, after time passes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember one time we were going down for a legislative session. And I think because normally we would have an interview before um, during the Access Utah and I remember there was one time it snowed, and it snowed hard, and everybody was having a hard time getting there. But we were able to get it up and running. They were having some issues with signal, but everything came together at the last second. Um, it was when I was able to meet the governor, and it was able to have this amazing program where we talked with different people from the legislature in a small room in the Capitol building. Uh, Danny, and, any, any, oh, go ahead, Addison. You're good, you're good, you're good. Well, I just I remember how cool of experience it was to put together uh, specifically the show of the opening day of the legislature um legislation opening and being able as interns as um young people contacting the governor contacting the house um a majority and all those big people on Capitol Hill, we got to talk to them and coordinate to make this show possible. And you still do that today. Remember a couple yeah. couple months ago, your interns um, did that too. And that's such a cool experience for university students to be able to do that, to talk and um, meet these political figures. Yeah. You do learn lessons. Addison mentioned snowstorms. It always seems to snow on the day always. of the opening of the legislature. I remember when yeah. I went down the first time, we were late, and Friend Weller, our engineer, interviewed the governor. Interviewed the governor. He's done that twice. <laughs> because of oh, yeah. And so I've learned the lesson. I now go go down the night before, <laughs> and uh, Friend and I stay in the motel, and uh, mm -hmm. and so we can be there. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, let's um, let's uh, let's get to this. Uh, we recorded a conversation yesterday with Amy Kobabe and Connor Rivers.
they, along with Krista Black, were my team for uh, for a year or two. And uh, Krista's in Wales. We weren't able to reach her. Um, and so I had this conversation with uh, Amy and uh, Connor. And I started out asking them what they're up to now. We started with Amy. Uh, I am working at a Mid-Utah Radio station. So Mid-Utah Radio has about eight stations, and I am the news director for all the stations, but then uh, I also host a show, a morning show, similar but very different from Access Utah Now. Um, So me and my co-host, Robert Lovell, we are on for three hours every weekday morning, and we talk about different issues like Access Utah. We talk about Utah issues, and then we uh, we also have a lot of fun on the show with trivia and uh, different news and sports updates throughout the morning, and so I do that. And then I also write a lot of news and, and get a lot of news on our website for MidUtahRadio.com. So it's it's busy, but it's it's good, and all helped that I had a good foundation at Utah Public Radio. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, Connor, what, what are you up to? Um. You know, not something that's so uh, glamorous as Amy, <laughs> okay. but I'm 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 living in Oregon currently. I've moved to the Pacific Northwest. Oh where wow! I'm working, yeah, I'm working for some um, wireless retailers up here doing some sales. You know, okay. getting ready to get married to my fiance. Oh, congratulations! That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, so we're just we're doing everything we can just to get our finances in order and. Uh, you know, we're still working towards the education, you know, and I'm still working on some um, broadcasting projects on the side. We'll keep those, you know, on the hush-hush until they okay, come a little more totally. fruition. And, and until UPR wants to buy them, then that's when okay. we'll, we'll really <laughs> and until Until they, until you explode into national prominence, uh, we'll, and then we'll say we knew exactly. you, you knew you went. Well, that sounds that's great. That's very ambitious, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We're going... Ira Glass, we're coming for you, man. That's right. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to. Maybe I'll start with Connor on this one. Uh, what do you think you've learned in your Access Utah internship, uh, if if anything? And I, I'm hoping there's <laughs> hoping there's something. Oh, I've I've got a list. Um, um, working for Access Utah is a different experience in of itself. I've I've done radio since I must have been at least 16 year old. 16 years old, but it's it's different when you're going from, you know, getting on with your buddy and talking about this song of the week or, you know, telling some silly story that you guys run into to talking about, you know, real issues that people care about. And it, it, it gives you a great perspective on, you know, the way that people see things differently from the backgrounds that they come from and the experiences that they've had that puts perspective on these these issues that really affect you know the the entire community that we're in yeah well wonderful thanks connor and amy um what's what's top of your your list things you learned today at access um, utah I, i'm just thinking on our on our show today down here we had uh representative chris stewart and uh Congressman Chris Stewart and Representative Mike Noel on our show, and and I think back to times when we had maybe a contentious topic on Access Utah, and just uh, trying to get those people on. And for us on the production side, that was a little scary for me to call those people and say, "Hey, we we want your opinion on this, or we want you to defend yourself, or something like that." 
Um, but so that helped me get over some of those anxieties I had. But then also I would be anxious about it, and then we'd put them on with you, Tom, and you would just go with it. And you were just such you're just such a pro. And, and I think anyone who listens to you learns that. But uh, that's something that's definitely been helpful for me to, to get over some of those things myself and, and try to be more um, more in tune with what's going on politically and, and be able to jump in and, and talk about anything, really. Uh, one thing I know I learned from you, Tom, is great interviewing skills, too. You can really talk to anyone, and, and I don't mean to like try to give you an inflated ego or anything like that, but <laughs> but that's something that uh, as as a student I was looking for, you know, uh, good examples of what I wanted to be when I became a professional myself, and so that helped me in a lot of ways to just think, hey, you can kind of just talk to anyone and and go into a situation that might be contentious, might be a little awkward at first. But I think you do a good job of making everyone feel comfortable and that you are truly listening and not just there to do gotcha journalism or something like that. So those are some of the top things I know that have helped me uh, that I I wouldn't have maybe said those were my favorite parts of of Access Utah. But now that I am kind of in my career, I'm like, oh, so grateful for those experiences that I had. Well, thank you for that. I'd, and I'd I, like to, yeah, I'd go like ahead. To echo Amy on that. It's it's really crazy when you get in there and you're dealing with the, you know senators and representatives and all these people that you see their names come up in the news constantly, and you actually have to call this guy on the phone and say, "Hey, I'd like you to do this for me." And it's really weird that you suddenly these people not become like figures, but you know they they become actual human beings. And yeah. You realize that you know these decisions that are you know being made for all of us here by those people are being made by, you know, people who are people themselves, right? Yeah, and I think that's the key. People are people. You know, they, they want to get their word out, and so you connect on a human level. And to your point about listening, Amy, if I go back to my earliest interviews, it's painful. I'm, it's clear I'm not yeah. listening. <laughs> I am not listening. So it's a learned, it's a learned skill. Um, so let me start with Amy on this one. Um, we just have oh, about uh, three or four minutes left total. Um, favorite memory, moment, episode? What stands out? You say you time access. So many, so many. I think my favorite episode though was one on fandom, where we talked about uh, fangirling about things from uh, you know Star Trek to Harry Potter, and that's something that I was really interested in, and it was a little different. So those always stand out to me. That was one of my favorite episodes for sure. Uh, Connor, what favorite moment, uh, episode, uh, memory? Uh, most memorable episode we ever did for me, uh, we were doing a, a banjo episode with uh, Bob Carlin. Oh, yeah. He was talking, talking, you know, you guys were just doing the interview. Everything was, you know, normal, seemed to be going as planned, and, and suddenly he was, you could tell he was getting distracted. And he was, <laughs> you know, so, you know, very smoothly and very politely, he said, hey, look, uh, something's distracting me right now. Can we go to a song? So we switched into a song. And that's what's playing over the air, but, you know, over our end in the studio, he actually still has his mic on, you know, his telephone, <laughs> and he, a kid, one of his kids was in the back distracting him, and 
he was about to wring that kid's neck, and so <laughs> we're in the studio to hear him, you know, just giving it all out to this kid, you know, as I'm sure any parent has. Right, and, right. You know, and then, you know, you can tell the song's coming to an end. He has everything calmed down. We bring him back in, and he just went on. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I thought he was going to so you know, throw this kid off a railing or something. Right. He was just totally normal, totally cool, <laughs> and just went right back into it, and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he's he's a pro, and then you you, you assume that uh, it was smoothed over later, hopefully, with the, with his song. We, we hope, yeah. but that, hey, that's yeah. none of my business. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't, I don't deal with that. I, yeah. was, I was there to produce, not that, council family. That's right. So let me start with Connor on this one. Just final question. Um, why should listeners call right now and support uh, Access Utah? I gave I gave this question a lot of thought because I knew that you'd be asking it. Uh, Access Utah and, you know, UPR in general is a community that we all care about. It's a community where we come to share our ideas about issues and about things going on in our world together. You know, and those ideas might not be the same person to person. But, I mean, if you're listening right now, this is a community that you you care about. And it's a community that helps and benefits you in your day-to-day life. And so donating to that community is just you saying, yes, I really do care about this community, and I love this community, and I'm grateful for the things that, you know, and the information that this community provides to me, and I want it to keep doing that. And I want it to do more of that and do it on a bigger scale and a better scale. And I just want this community that I love to grow and benefit other people as well. Thank you. Well said, Connor. Uh, Amy, same question. Why should listeners support Access Utah? I think uh, for the the same reasons why I love Access Utah, if you love listening to Utah politics, if you love listening to the bigger issues brought down and and talked about in a way that you can feel like it's, you know, right there and you're part of that conversation, I think definitely donate. And, uh, you know, we, we require that kind of understanding right now in a world where there's so much going on on social media, there's so much fake news in the world we need someone like a Tom Williams, Access Utah. We need Utah Public Radio to uh, give us the real, the real stuff and tell us what's going on. Well, that's uh, my conversation from yesterday with uh, Connor Rivers and uh, Amy Kobe. It was so great to hear their voices. And so great to hear you guys and see you. Uh, so uh, just uh, time enough to say goodbye at this point. Uh, Addison Pace, it's, it's been such a blast to hear your voice been awesome we need to catch up thank you so much we, we do need to catch up so um good luck with everything you're doing and and thanks for all your great work on access utah thank you thank you addison and uh thanks to uh, bennett purser it's, it's so great to have you in studio here my pleasure thank you too tom good luck with uh, npr west and uh, everything you're doing in the future thank you uh, Katie Swain and Danny Hayes will continue to see you. We're, you're, <laughs> we're, we're on, here. on staff together now, so that's a great thing. And the fun drive continues. Katie, uh, I guess we're, we're counting down. We're around 5,000 at this point, and uh, we're, we're trying to get to zero by the end of the day. That's right, and we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 800-826-1495. You can also go online to upr.org day or night. If this is the rebroadcast, then you'll want to go online to upr.org. Um, we love seeing the support for Access Utah. All of us here in this room, I think, are a little biased, but we love Access Utah. Um, it, you know, It's changed a lot of our careers, I think. So um, your support is what has made that possible for us to um, be student interns here and to produce great programming like this. So please show your support for that by giving us a call. 
So 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. So Spencer, maybe we could do the station ID and then let's hear, might as well hear all of the banjo music. Uh, this is from, and then we're going to go to Freakonomics. So, um or as it happens if you're listening in the evening. So uh, this is from an episode we did with Bob Carlin. He's a historian, banjoist and a historian of the banjo. You heard Connor Rivers tell that story about what happened during that program. And uh, so we're going to go out with uh, the banjo music. This is a song called The Man Who Wrote Home Sweet Home. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, also heard at upr.org.